السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا الحمد لله from the great bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us is that he has preoccupied us with his remembrance and the remembrance of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam and just that in and of itself even without presence of heart even though presence of heart is something that we strive for as the scholars before us, before us have said when that one of them complained about the fact that he was remembering Allah but his heart wasn't present and the scholar said to him praise Allah that he's adorned one of your limbs in his remembrance because if we're remembering Allah upon our tongues remembering our prophet on the tongue we're still in a state where there's less heedlessness were we not to be in a state of remembrance of Allah and his messenger and so then what we want to though is combine ultimately between the dhikr al-lisan and dhikr al-janan not just remembrance upon the tongue but when we strive and struggle with it and we have good days and we have bad days and we have days that are somewhere in between is that over time that if we're consistent eventually that it will penetrate into our heart and that we will be present with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is what we should strive to do from the moment that this gathering begins until the very end as our heart strays is that we bring it back is that we always try to be present with whatever meaning is being recited in that moment and if for some reason we don't understand that meaning the general meaning of presence which is bringing to heart that our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala sees us and when we put in that struggle that we will find that these gatherings that are of greater value and they lead to a greater experience of them because indeed that they are sweet if we tune our hearts in and one of the special intentions that we should make on a night like this when some of our brothers and sisters were likely prevented from attending because of the weather that we should bring them to heart and ask Allah Ta'ala to also that give them that blessings from this gathering by virtue of us bringing them to heart and that ties in very well to the topic which, which is the next character trait of futuwa of spiritual shivery that we will take tonight bi'ithnillahi ta'ala and that this is what Imam al-Sulami states as follows وَمِنْ الْفُتُوَّةِ سَخَاوَةِ النَّفْسِ وَسَلَامَةُ الصَّدَرِ It is from futuwa to be generous of soul and pure of heart and he quotes the blessed hadith of our Prophet ﷺ that's in the collection of Imam al-Bayhaqi, his Shu'ab al-Iman, as it he says, إِنَّ أَبْدَالِ أُمَّتِي لَمْ يَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةَ بِالْعَمَالِ Indeed, that the abdal, which we translate as something like the substitutes, but it is a, it is a classification of righteous people. The abdal of my ummah have not entered into paradise by any of their actions outwardly. Rather, they have only entered into paradise through the mercy of Allah. And then the Prophet's going to mention three traits. Anfus by being generous of soul. sudur and by purity of heart. Wa Muslimin. And by having mercy 
for all Muslims. These three traits. And this great rank of the awliya called the abdal. And Imam al-Suyuti, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he has a book where he goes into great detail um, about the various narrations that have been mentioned about the various classifications of the awliya. Lest someone hasten to question the authenticity of these narrations, that there are so many different narrations. And he titles his book, Al-Khabar Al-Dal, Ala Wujud Al-Qutbi, Wal-Awtadi, Wal-Nujabai, Wal-Abdal. Four of these classifications of the awliya. So, Al-Khabar Al-Dal, that which is, um, that like, that the, uh, the knowledge that indicates the existence of the Qutb, the Awtad, the Nujaba and the Abdal, four classifications of the awliya. And he lists a large number of companions who narrate these various ahadith. And then he mentions each of the ahadith that these various companions narrate. And then he adds to that the various athar, the reports of the salaf who came after them, which indicate these various categories or classifications of the awliya. This specific classification, and these are great awliya, the abdal, the singular is badal. And they're called the substitutes because every time one of them passes, Allah Ta'ala that substitutes them with another. And so this is an ongoing thing. And this was present during the time of the Rasul, and it will remain present until the end of time. And we're not going to go into all of those narrations because there's so many that give us these beautiful nuances of how we understand this great category of the awliya. But in this hadith, there are three traits that are mentioned. The first is, Sakhawat al-Anfus. They're just naturally generous and giving people. And that probably the best way to translate that, and we've mentioned this word that before, is that they're magnanimous. They're literally of great soul. They're not petty people. Is that they don't focus on that small little things. They very easily will overlook people's faults or if people that do something and they give them their right the way that they're due and so forth and so on. These are great souls that are beyond pettiness and of course it includes that generosity with wealth. That is definitely one of the great manifestations of that generosity of soul is generosity of wealth. But it includes a long list of other things as well. And when you're around these great souls, you are attracted to them. Why? Because you realize that they're such good people. And they only that have good feelings in their heart for people. And this is just the way they are. They try to be a means of upliftment of every single person around them. And these are people that are not content to even backbite people with their khawatir, with their thoughts, let alone with their tongues. These are people that want to restrict that their hearts to goodwill for every single person around them. So, sakhawat al-anfus. And then the second trait is, salamat al-sudur. They're just pure-hearted. They have an ability to give people the benefit of the doubt, to give people, to have a good opinion about people. They are not people that are plagued by these vices of the soul that grip you and trap you and blind you from that spiritual, that spiritual insight which lies within the potential of every single human being. They are free of having ill will towards people, of course, as we already mentioned, but also is that they're not the type of people that have envy for others. 
And in their mind, that why would you ever have envy? When these are blessings that Allah Ta'ala gave someone. How could you that want someone not to have a blessing that Allah Jalla Jalalu gave them? These are people that don't see themselves as being better than other people. They're free from the vice of arrogance. And they're free from these other vices of the heart that trap so many people and prevent them from progressing spiritually. They just have salamat al-sudur. They are pure-hearted. And this is indeed a great trait. And that this uh, word salama, salima yaslamu, is to be free from something. And if your heart has salama, it's also going to have safa. There's also going to be that states of purity in moments where you find intimacy in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a result of the, the purity of the heart that you have. And then the third trait is that they have rahmah they have mercy for every single believer. And that this manifests in terms of how they interact with all people. But also, it relates much deeper to the intentions that they make to help every believer. So they have mercy, of course, with everyone that they interact with. This is a principle of their interactions. But also... In relation to all believers, they have mercy. Now, how can you have mercy towards all believers? Well, there's a way to do so, and we're going to get into this. But Ma'ruf al-Karhi and radiallahu anhu, Imam Siyuti, that quotes him as saying, whoever says ten times in the morning, in the evening, Allahumma aslih ummata Sayyidina Muhammad, Allahumma farraj an ummata Sayyidina Muhammad, Allahumma arham ummata Sayyidina Muhammad kutiba man al-abdal Whoever says 10 times in the morning and evening O oh Allah rectify the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad O oh Allah grant relief to the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad That O oh Allah show mercy to the ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad will be written from the abdal And what is this trait that they have? It's their goodwill, their purity of heart and their mercy that they want to show towards all people so what we learn from here is the weightiness of actions of the heart in the scale. And when we say that these people that didn't have, that they didn't enter into paradise because of their outward actions, it doesn't mean that they didn't do them. Of course, there are people who prayed and fasted and all of those things. That's a given. And it's assumed that not only what is obligatory, but also what is supererogatory. These are from the best of people. What it indicates is, is that the heaviest Actions of all in the scales were these actions of the heart. And that by doing this ten times a day, in tawfiq is aziz, it seems simple. It will literally take you about 30 seconds. In the morning, 30 seconds in the evening. But tawfiq is aziz. To be given tawfiq from Allah, to do it continuously, day in and day out, in the morning, in the evening, over the course of your life, that requires a greater trait is that this idea of rahmah for all believers, mercy for all believers, really being grounded in you. Or else you'll do it for a day or two and then you'll forget. Or you'll do it from time to time. But it's something that we want to do day in and day out. And this is something that is mentioned in the Qur'an itself, in Surah Muhammad, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Know that there is no God but Allah. وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ and seek forgiveness from Allah for your sins and for the sins of the male and female believers.
And then we have this blessed hadith in the Tabarani, where the Prophet ﷺ said, "Man mu'minat." Whoever seeks forgiveness for the male and female believers, yawm, every day, marra, twenty-seven times, kana And look at this, twenty-seven times. How long does that take to say, How long does that take? Or, Astaghfirullah al-Mu'mineen wa'minat. Astaghfirullah al-Mu'mineen wa'minat. How long does that take? What does he say? Kana mal alayna yustajaba lahum wa yurzaqu bihim ahl al-ard. He will be from the people whose supplications are answered and the people of the earth seek sustenance through them, receive sustenance through them. What is that? Ajeeb. That is amazing. By saying Astaghfirullah al-Mu'mineen we went 27 times in the morning and in the evening. That it will be a source of having your prayers be answered and that it will be a, you will be a means for other people to receive sustenance. And the Prophet here didn't specify what type of sustenance, so all different types of sustenance you could take from that inwardly and outwardly, spiritual and worldly. And so, that what does that come from? That comes from these great, pure souls that have mercy. And this indicates to us the importance of mercy. And if that's not enough, there's other ahadith as well that state. And this is also in the collection of, that one of the collections of Imam al-Tabarani, that whoever seeks forgiveness for the male and female believers, Allah will write a reward for them for every male and female believer. Think about all the believers that are alive today all of the believers that have ever lived, and all of the believers that will come, because we can actually seek forgiveness now for the believers that will come until Yom Qiyamah. And the proof of that is, is yet another hadith that explains this further in the collection of Abdul Razak, is that there is no servant that makes a supplication for the male and female believers, except that Allah Taala will that have those male and female believers, whether they've passed or whether they will come, Make du'a for them to recompense them until the day of judgment. Maman abdin yad'u lil mu'minin wa mu'minat illa radallahu alayhi min kulli mu'minin wa mu'minatin mada aw huwa ka'in ila yawm al-qiyamah bi mithli du'a. So you make one du'a for the mu'minin wa mu'minat. And then Allah Ta'ala will have every male and female believer that ever lived and that ever will live that return that du'a that you made for them with a du'a. And that remains until Yom Qiyamah. SubhanAllah. In other words, is that we need to learn that how to do things properly. And that there are ways that you can that increase exponentially, spiritually, by virtue of that these blessed ahadith of our Prophet ﷺ, keep in mind he is the Bab Rahmatillah. So this trait of mercy is also generally understood to be a trait of ihtimam, of concern. And we have a hadith that says, مَنْ لَمْ يَهْتَمْ بِأَمْرِ مُسْلِمِينَ فَلَيْسَ مِنْهُمْ Whoever does not concern himself with the affair of the Muslims is not from them. In other words, is that we are one body. We should be concerned about each other. Not only our own family, but our community. We should be concerned about Muslims that not only in our particular locale, but whatever they might be on the face of this earth, and at least make an intention to do anything that we can to help every single person on the face of this earth were Allah to give us the ability to do so.
and we would get the reward for that intention surely. And so that when we think about this idea as is mentioned in this hadith, that there are certain servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that are means for good things to happen to people. And that our Prophet ﷺ taught us this. There's a hadith in Bukhari where one time that they were going out to a battle and that the narration states is that Sa'ad is that it was as if that he saw himself being in a position where he had been favored over other people. And when the Prophet ﷺ noticed this is that he put forth a question which indicates to us part of the way that our Prophet used to teach as well. He said, هَلْ This is in Bukhari. Is that, are you given victory? Or do you receive sustenance from other than the weak among you? He could have just said it directly, but look at how much more effective that is. Right? That is a question, but it's not a true question because the answer is obvious. Is that yes, is that we only receive victory and are given our sustenance through the weak among us. And then if you look at that what the commentators say about this, from the blessing of their supplications. And in, because is that they are needy before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is that their prayers are much closer to being answered. And it's actually clarified as well in another hadith in the collection of Imam Nasa'i where that the Prophet says, إِنَّمَا نَصْرُ اللَّهِ لِهَذِي الْأُمَّةِ بِضَعِفِهَا Indeed, that the victory that Allah gives this community is through the weak in it. بِدَعْوَتِهِمْ وَصَلَاتِهِمْ وَإِخْلَاسِهِمْ Through their supplications, through their prayers, and through their sincerity. And that when someone is in that state where they're weak, they have nowhere else to turn it's highly likely that their prayers are going to be much more potent. They're going to be much more sincere. They're going to pierce. And so that the Prophet clarified this understanding. As that he said, is that we, are, you only, are you given victory? Or do you receive sustenance? So it's amazing that they, he joined the two. Because given victory, okay, you might say, okay, I understand that. But also in terms of your sustenance. In other words, is that people that have wealth that's not really from their conception. They feel that they earn their wealth. What do the poor and the weak have to do with you earning your wealth? What the Prophet is saying is that this is not the way to look at creation. Is that many people that have wealth, is that oftentimes it is through the blessing of the poor and the weak among them that was a means for them to receive that wealth in the first place. In extremely subtle ways that they might not actually ever even know. And then we have another hadith in the collection of At-Tabarani that says, كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَسْتَفْتِحُ بِسَعَالِكِ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ And this would translate roughly as is that the Prophet ﷺ used to seek victory, he used to seek a fetch, an opening, a victory, that through that the poor among the muhajireen, the sa'alik is the plural of su'luk, a the fuqara is that he used to seek victory through them. And that and the commentators say about this, as if he would say, that he would ask Allah Ta'ala by the right of that the poor, that servants of his from the muhajirin especially. And why? Because 
they were the ones that left all of their wealth to come to Medina Munawwara for the sake of the Prophet and for the sake of Allah and His Messenger wasallam. And then they go even deeper why that might be because of that the state of their hearts, they're likely to be oppressed and we know that there's no veil between the prayer of the oppressed and between that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so is that this is what our Prophet teaches, وسلم, is that these are traits that we all want to have, and this is a door for every single one of us to draw near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We might not all be able to be people of knowledge, we might not all be able to be people of worship, we might not be able to do what other people do, but the door for being magnanimous, and being great of soul, and being generous of souls open to all of us, the door to having a pure heart is open to all of us. The door for having mercy towards all believers is open for every single one of us. If we open up our heart to these blessed teachings and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> to make them a reality in us and that the more concerned we are with the believers is that the more benefit that will come to us by means of us and nothing brings more contentment and happiness to the heart of Rasulullah sallallahu than to be concerned for his community and to serve them. Day in and day out, nothing brings more happiness to his blessed heart, sallallahu alaihi And in this blessed month of Rabi'ul Awwal, this is what we want to do. We want to that especially bring happiness and joy to the heart of the Rasul, sallallahu alaihi And this is why, is that not only do people celebrate the birth of the Prophet, sallallahu and his teachings and his message that he brought, is that this tended to be a month of charity as well, where people would give out from their wealth and to that pass out food, and to pass out sweets, and to that give back to the people, and the more we can do this in any month, but especially in this blessed month, that the that closer that this will bring us to our Lord, and that the closer that will be to the way of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, may give us tawfiq, bless us in all of our different affairs, purify our hearts, Ya Rabbi Al-Amin, bless us to be magnanimous of soul, and bless us to have mercy for all believers, Ya Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahimin, and all of creation, wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadan, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.